I hadn't been on the department for very long when one night my sergeant came up. Steve, you remember that FTO program you went through? Uh, yeah. Well, you're going to be an FTO tonight. Take the new guy and show him around. Wait, what, what am I supposed to do? Just teach him to be a cop. It ain't that hard. And that was my first introduction to being an FTO. To say that things started out a little rough wouldn't be fair to rough. I was basically a green cop, and now I'm supposed to teach other green cops how to do things. This didn't seem very smart to me. But what did I know? What I knew was very little. But as time went by, I started learning more and more about training, teaching, and onboarding new officers. That fateful night, I got assigned to train, turned into an entire career focused on teaching new cops how to be cops. It changed my life. It changed my career. It made me a better cop. And it can do the same for you. You must be prepared to take responsibility whenever it is offered. Don't miss out on this because you don't think you're ready. Trust me, you're never ready. It's time to start telling our own stories. I'm Steve Kellums, and welcome to Blue Canary. What is an FTO? Well, you should already know by now because you should have gone through an FTO program when you hired on the job. You mean you didn't have an FTO program? You mean they just handed you the keys to the car, a map, and said, call me if you have any problems? Unfortunately, this is all too familiar. I graduated from the Indiana University Police Academy in 1989. That made me a fully certified police officer while at the same time a full-time student at Indiana University. So, when Christmas break rolled around, I packed up my Mustang and headed home for three weeks of rest and relaxation. When I got home, I unpacked the car and dropped all the laundry off for mom to do while I settled in to watch some TV and be spoiled. About that time, there was a knock at the door. The Poseyville town marshal was standing there with a little smile on his face. Hey Steve, I heard you just graduated from the police academy. Yeah, I sure did. That's great. How would you like a job over Christmas break? I could use a deputy. Now, what do you think a 21-year-old kid fresh from the academy is going to say to that kind of offer? Hell yes, I said without missing a beat. Great, come on down to the town hall tomorrow and we'll get you sworn in. The next day, I headed to the town hall and after a two-minute ceremony, I was now a Poseyville deputy town marshal. I headed out to the parking lot where the actual town marshal was standing. He tossed me the keys to the patrol car and said, I'm going to be in Florida for the next two weeks. Here's my number. Call me if you need anything. Those two weeks were some of the greatest and scariest times of my life. Sure, I was only patrolling a tiny little town, but I was all by myself, and no one had shown me a thing. I was a lot better off when I started my first real full-time police job with the Bloomington Police Department in 1991. This time, I went through a complete San Jose model field training program, and because of my previous experience, I really appreciated what that meant. Here's a little history. In 1968, San Jose, California Police Department had difficulties with an officer they hired and trained, which led to a lawsuit. The results of that lawsuit saw the implementation of a brand new training model, which became known as the San Jose Model. This model was based on a five-year scientific study that looked at over 10,000 daily observation reports and took information from over 70 past and present trainers during its development. It also utilized the department's psychological services unit to vet the concepts and ensure that adult learning theories were utilized. 
1975, the San Jose model became an official field training model, better known as the Field Training Officer Program, or FTO Program. Now, what do we mean by Field Training Officer Program? It's simply an on-the-job training program that assists with the onboarding and training of brand new officers to the police department. It does this by having the new officers ride every day with a trained trainer called a field training officer, or FTO, who teaches, mentors, trains, evaluates, counsels, facilitates, and leads the new officer until they've proven they are capable of doing the job by themselves. The field training program ensures that every new officer on the department has the skills and training necessary to do the job. Many people look at this as the first step in a police officer's career. But the reality is, it's the last step in the selection process. There is no better way to ensure that someone can do the job than having them do the job. The, I look at it as like you're building a house. And so your foundation, that, that concrete below the surface of the dirt, that's your hiring process. That's the cement that you're starting. You're going to put your first initial bricks or your mortar on is your hiring process. Your hiring process has to be on its own, the most professional, most well-driven, and most paid attention to, I believe, at all these processes. But the next thing you have to do is when you hand that new officer off, those first initial layers of the foundation of what you're going to build your house on has to be of its best as well. And I think that those initial layers to your agency are the field training program. That was Ed Gephardt, the chief of police for the Fishers Police Department in Fishers, Indiana. Ed spent his early days in the department as a member of their tactical team and as a field training officer. Now he sees the importance of the initial onboarding when you hire new officers. His example of building a house is spot on. But not every police department sees it that way. Only about half of the police departments in the U.S. utilize the field training concept. Far too many agencies still hire people and toss them the keys to the car. But to truly build a professional department, organized for the common good of your community requires the groundwork for new officers to be set as quickly as possible. We must start focusing our priorities on training and not time and money. Time and money are the two things that the administration hates about field training programs. Let's talk about time. An FTO program is going to take you a minimum of eight weeks, and an eight-week program has to be tight. Most good programs run anywhere from 12 to 20 weeks of training. Now, this is after the basic academy and hiring process. Police departments need bodies now, not in six months or a year. They need them now. But most departments can't even advertise for an open position until someone leaves. Once the advertising starts, you have to have a testing process followed by background checks and physical and psychological exams. That all before you can even give them a start date. If you can get a hiring process completed in 12 weeks, you're doing great. Once the hire date is set, then the training starts. In most states, they're going to have to attend a police academy. Those will typically run 16 weeks. Right there, you've had an opening on your agency for seven months, and you still haven't been able to put a butt in a seat. Of course, this is when you want to add an FTO program, another 12 to 16 weeks of training. This is the first hurdle you will have to overcome at your agency. Many administrators, to speed this process up, will simply forego the FTO program. They're more concerned with bodies than capability. When you put an untrained officer on the street, is that a plus one? No, it's not even a zero. It's a negative. You see, that untrained officer will constantly pull from the rest of the shift because they're incapable of doing the basic job they were hired to do, and somebody is going to have to go and help them 
or do it for them. What we are saying is that from the time of hire until they are fully trained and capable officer able to do solo patrol is about a year. At that point, we've identified that one of these candidates, usually the one you really like, just can't do this job. Maybe they can't handle the stress, or maybe they lack common sense, or maybe they decided the job just wasn't for them. This is when you go to the boss and say that the new rookie can't cut it and needs to be fired. But I got a lot of money in them. This is the number one statement I usually hear when you tell the administration that the new kid can't do the job. This is one of those statements that's true, but it isn't. How much does it cost to put a rookie on the streets in your jurisdiction? The numbers vary, but a good round number that pops up in most of my classes is $100,000. That cost includes the equipment, training, pay and benefits of the rookie, as well as pay and benefits of the trainers involved. Now, I ask you, is $100,000 a lot of money? If your answer was no, then please make the check out to Steve. I'll let you know where to mail it to. Of course it's a lot of money, but when 1983 civil rights lawsuits are going for around 8 to $10 million, that can change your perspective really quick. So the bosses tend to hate FTO programs, but the reality is that the FTO program is the most important and most effective specialty at your department. Nothing at your agency is more capable of creating fundamental change in your organization and in your community than the FTO program. If you train your new officer to be ethical professional officers, then where will they be in three or four years? Training the next generation of officers as FTOs? Where will they be in six to eight years? Squad sergeants leading a group of officers? Where will they be in 14 years? At the operations level, ensuring your agency is doing it right? And one day, that professional ethical officer will become your chief of police. And that's when you've made fundamental change. There is no other specialty at your agency that can do this. Not your tactical teams, not your drug units, not your school resource officers, not your motor units, and not your detectives. They might do a great job getting the day-to-day -day things accomplished, but only the FTO program can change your future. You can set a tone for your agency right in field training. If, you, if you're lacking something as an agency, you can get with your field trainers and you can change how you do business through good training, connection, and communication down the leadership line and back up. And one example of that is this. Look, we're low on self-initiated field activities of checking doors, open doors, closed doors, buildings. You can change the dynamic of that by sitting down with your FTOs, your leadership and FTOs, and go, hey, from now on in field training, we're not going to be checking doors because that's a priority for us. And right there, it changes. If you tell officers up front what you expect of them, they will do it. What happens was if you get them on and they set themselves up for their career and then you come change the game, then they're, they're obstinate to the change of wait. That was Chief Gephardt again. Train them today and they'll reward you tomorrow. Major Nick Luce runs the Indiana University Police Academy and provides training for the Indiana University Police Department, which is a statewide agency. He also believes strongly in the field training concept. It's, I'm drawing back on my um, analogy that I just made to the military. I mean, I use this example all the time. Basic training is basic training. And then you go to your AIT, right? You go to your advanced training. That's what the FTO is. I mean, it's, it should be a seamless flow from basic training right into field training. And I know you know this, Steve, because you're experienced in field training, but we do a disservice in field training because the first thing we tell them is forget all that shit you learned in the academy. 
Absolutely not. That's the basic core fundamentals of that crawl, walk, run progression. And if we are discounting their basic training right from the bat, uh, we are planting a seed that we're wasting their time. It's ineffective. And we're already putting a divide between patrol and professional development. It's a part of that evolution into a solo patrol officer, right? So field training programs are it's surprising that a lot of departments still don't have a formalized field training program. And I think that those that don't should really reach out to other agencies and get that, just start with something because that's, that's really the core of the law enforcement training to me, post Academy is that field training because you're immersed and you're actually getting to do the job hands-on. So it is a, like I said, it's a seamless relation, I think between basic training and field training. You might not have a program right now, But don't let that stop you. Other agencies will be happy to share their field training programs with you and assist you get the ball rolling. It's one of the most important things you can do to start making effective change in your agency. Help your team rise to increasing expectations with Agency 360's cloud-based software. Whether it is for the training of new employees or annual performance evaluations, Agency 360 can help trainers and supervisors streamline documentation, create consistency, and communicate clearly. Help retention by setting the tone and culture early with Agency 360. Learn more at agency360.com. That's A-G-E-N-C-Y 360.com. Why be an FTO? When I travel and teach, one of the interesting things that I find common to all my classes is the number of students who don't want to be there. I'll ask how many of you here were ordered to come here today. More than half will raise their hands. This just shows how little care and understanding the agencies have for the program and for training the officers. One of the things I enjoy through the class is changing the minds of those officers who don't want to be there. There are a number of very good reasons why officers should want to be field training officers. First of all, the FTO truly makes a difference. The first officer the recruit is going to interact with is their FTO. They're going to set the stage for the rest of the officer's career. The FTO becomes what right looks and sounds like, and that first initial impression is like a mama duck taking her ducklings on the first swim. From that moment on, the recruit is going to emulate the trainer's manners, behaviors, professionalism, and ethical standards. It is important our FTOs understand this and hold themselves to those high standards. This makes being an FTO hard work. It's also the reason why many officers don't want to be an FTO. But when you look back at the officers you've trained and you see them excelling, when you see your organization excelling, it's something you can be proud of. It's a legacy like no other. To watch the fundamental change within your organization and know it was because of your hard work is a reward unlike any you could possibly win. Next, have you ever been sent to a call and heard that other officer get on the air and say that they're going to back you up? And your first thought is, hell no. This is usually followed by you getting on the radio and saying, That's okay. I'll check and advise if I need anything. (laughs) That's because you know that if that officer shows up, they're going to screw everything up. You hate working with that officer. They're a terrible backup. Well, how did they get that way? They weren't trained properly. Nobody gets into the business to be a bad cop. They end up that way due to several factors, and the most critical one was poor training. We can complain about the other officers all day long, but that will never solve the problem. We can decide to be part of the solution or part of the problem. Many officers decide to be FTOs to be part of the solution. Stop complaining about poorly trained officers 
and start helping them get better at their jobs. The better initial instruction the new officers have, the better backup they're going to be for you in the future. It's worth the effort to know that your partner is qualified to do the job. The biggest unsung benefit from being an FTO is that you get better at your job. In 1956, Benjamin Bloom and his colleagues created a guide for properly teaching topics by breaking down the elements of learning into six major categories. This helps instructors and teachers navigate educational objectives and ensure proper learning has taken place. An interesting offshoot of this is the fact that to teach someone to any specific level of learning, you must be a level higher. What's that mean? Well, you show up to work every day to do your job without mistakes and go home. That's a successful day's work, but the opportunities to grow and become better at your job are few and far between. Once you start teaching other people how to do your job, the expectation is that they will be able to do it at your current level. But to get them there, you have to get better. You will become a better cop after teaching. It's one of the greatest benefits of being an FTO. It's never talked about. You want to get better at your job? Start teaching it. Finally, Many agencies are constantly trying to replace FTOs. The FTO position is a transitory one, but for good reason. Since the trainers must get better at their jobs and they learn to become positive role models for the recruits, they become sought after for other positions at the police department. Field training officers will typically move into specialty positions like SWAT or detective or canine. They will also likely get promoted. Speaking of promotions, if you're not promoting from your FTO program, then you are seriously missing the boat. When we look for officers to promote into supervision, we are looking for officers who understand the job and the department goals, an officer who can make decisions and solve problems, an officer who can manage, supervise, and lead other officers. There is no one better qualified for the position than the FTO. After all, they've been doing just that very thing with brand new officers. They should be number one in your promotional lists. I've had officers ask me in the past what they should do to get chosen for specialty positions, and my answer has always been, become an FTO. It will make you better at your job and prepare you for everything else your department may want. Making a difference. Training your own backup, getting better at your job, and getting promoted. Those are four great reasons to be an FTO. The FTO program and the FTO. The most overlooked specialty on the police department. The one no one wants to do. The one most administrators forget exists, or in some cases, wish it didn't. That FTO program. It's the most important thing you can be doing at your agency. I can't stress this enough. Institute a structured FTO program at your agency. Select qualified officers to be trainers. Properly manage the program so that we have the right people involved. If you do those three things, you will dramatically and fundamentally improve your department. Finally, choose to lead. Choose to be a catalyst for change. Choose to prepare the next generation of officers to meet the demands of the future. Choose to be an FTO. If you do those things, you will dramatically and fundamentally improve yourself. And that's the story we have to tell. Thank you for joining. As always, I'm curious what questions you're getting asked. What isn't the news covering? What story needs to be told? Connect with me at bluecanarypodcast at gmail.com.